also my apologies to the uh, to the to the listeners out there. I am munching on dark chocolate covered almonds. Oh, and, um, and I would totally stop for a podcast. Right. You know, it's probably yeah. a professional thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. but they're really addicting. Right. Well, that'll be some good audio. Oh, so, yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's good. Taste it. That's real good. Uh, welcome to the Good Games Podcast. My name is James. And I'm Leo. Uh, welcome. You you did it. You clicked on the video, and now it's playing or the audio file, and now you can hear our voices. Hello. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask, which is a classic Nintendo sixty four game. And uh, later in the show, we're going to be talking about our top five favorite Nintendo sixty four games. Is it still is it still Legend of Zelda? Yeah, what? Yeah. Is it, it's Legend, it? Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask? The Legend of Zelda the le- colon that's a, Majora's. Yeah. That's a silly name, right? Because, I mean, what is. I don't know. I feel like Zelda's not really a prominent figure of this game. Well, Zelda's not even in this game, save for one flashback. Right. I mean, that was my <laughs> point. So, like. Yeah. It's kind of silly. They should have just called it, like, Majora's Mask or. Yeah. I don't know. Legend of Link or. I don't know. I don't know. I'll just. That's my first point. So, um, this is another Zelda game. We covered Skyward's, uh, Skyward Sword. We co- covered Breath of the Wild on our very first episode. Um, this is a, uh, I guess, more traditional Zelda game, but also it's totally not a traditional Zelda game. Um, no. The premise of Majora's Mask is that there are three days before the world is destroyed. Uh, so, you have just... Uh, three days to whatever uh, stop the stop the moon from crashing into the earth. That's why the earth is going to be destroyed. The moon is falling into the earth. Very ugly. Uh, yeah, you got to stop the moon and um, save the world of Termina. Um, and it's it's also uh, an interesting game in that it's positioned as a direct sequel to Ocarina of Time, which is interesting in that. Um, None of the other Zelda games are, um, like, direct sequels to any other game. Like, sure, some of the games, like, like obliquely reference previous games in the series. Like, they'll be, like, you know, a little wink and nod sort of thing. But this is, like, a direct sequel. Like, this is, like, the right, same supposedly. Link. Right, right, right. Oh, no, 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 no. Not, supposed, not supposedly or allegedly. This is I mean, explicitly a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because the 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 opening cutscene, it says you know, it references the end of Ocarina of Time. You know, Link right, right. He, he saved Hyrule, whatever, and and now he's he's on a journey and he's looking for his um, missing friend, which uh, is Navi. He's looking for Navi the fairy, who kind of flies away at the end at the, in the ending cutscene of Ocarina of Time. Poor Navi. Um, so Link, yeah, um, links out on this quest to find Navi. And uh, ends up in this weird world of Termina. And it's weird in that this is a sequel to uh, Ocarina of Time. Like, this is the only Zelda game that is a direct sequel to another Zelda game. But it feels so aesthetically different Different, than, like, the world of Termina is very um, weird and creepy and... um, 
kind of like dark and death obsessed. Um, uh, one way, one way I've, I've seen it referenced um, is a parallel world to Hyrule. You know? Yeah. It's a parallel. It's like similar, but like opposite, like weird, you know? I, I was kind of going to ask for your reading of that. Um, mm. Because, I mean, this is the opening cutscene sets it up like this is explicitly the same link right. as in no, the previous true. Ocarina of Time. And it right. explicitly references the ending of the last game. Right. Um, but, th- like, the world feels so different. Like, wh- what do you think? Is this some sort of, like, dream world, parallel universe, nightmare, hallucination? Like, what? what is, or is this definitely, like... Like Link just wandered into a new world. Like, what is your reading of uh, the themes of Majora's Mask? Well, the way I see it is, it's um, it is the same Link, but uh-huh. it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland because yeah, definitely. She he he goes into the woods looking for Navi, and then runs into um, Skull Kid, right? And then like mm-hmm. yep, ends yep. up falling off Epona and into like does he fall into like a hole? I think he falls. No, does no, he no. Fall so. And pass out? So he kind of gets mugged. Um, mugged, right. Well, that, that whole intro to me is kind of like the Alice in Wonderland entry into the whole... So it's kind of the same question, like, did Alice in Wonderland really fall into that whole world? Did it mm-hmm. really happen? Or was she just high on mushrooms and woke up <laughs> on the same trip? Right. No, that's that's what it is. Because, I mean, Link gets mugged at the beginning of the game, but then um, he chases the skull kid into, the, like, the trunk of this tree and then falls right. forever. And there's, like, a weird, trippy, like... 2001 a space odyssey like lights going everywhere sequence <laughs> oh, yeah. when he falls in yeah, and then things get really weird after that when you enter right. the land of termina right i like so, that reading though yeah it's yeah, it's definitely yeah. it's definitely ocarina of time went down the rabbit hole definitely yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the working title was legend of zelda in lincoln wonderland i think that's what that's what it was <laughs> I, probably yeah. um yeah i i just love uh, this might be like one of my favorite, like, uh, just from like an art direction and like style and th- mm-hmm. themes and aesthetic. Like, this is one of my favorite takes on Zelda. I love the just dark and creepy and foreboding oh, yeah. mood that permeate permeates through all of Ocarina. Or Jesus, that permeates through all of Majora's Mask. <laughs> the most unique, the most unique Zelda, <laughs> which is funny because it's a sequel, but it is. Yeah. It just feels yeah. very unique. No, this game is like super crazy ambitious for um yeah. okay, two things. One, mm. the the development um cycle for this game was absurdly fast. Uh this yeah. game got turned this game got turned around in like a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh they they wanted um well I guess anyway, uh from what I've read, Ijiao Numa uh pitched doing a series of like new dungeons for Ocarina of Time. And then that turned into, no, let's not do new dungeons for Ocarina of Time. Let's just do new dungeons. And then that, that got turned into, let's just make a whole game. But we have to do it in less than a year. Go. <laughs> so a lot of the um, assets and uh, like the game engine and everything is recycled from Ocarina of Time, which I, I would assume uh, is how they got this game done in a year, just reusing right. the same assets. Right. But the game is like, aside from reusing all these assets, the game is like crazy ambitious. Like there's this big twist on the Ocarina of Time well on the Zelda formula which is also like 
Ocarina of Time was such a huge mega hit. I can't believe this game was like so, um, like strayed so far from that. Uh, like you would think with like a crazy big mega hit, you'd want to like stay safe and like right. do something, you know. No, it was, it very. Was, they, they tried new things with it, you know. They, they yeah, you would you would think to follow up a crazy mega hit, you want to do something safe and familiar. No, no, no. This is not that. This is like super different. Yeah. Um. So we just talked about the themes and like how dark and foreboding it is. Um, but the main, like the gameplay hook is that the world is going to be destroyed in three days. And I like, um, I like this hook a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at the beginning, uh, we referenced Link gets mugged. He gets his ocarina stolen, the ocarina of time from ocarina of time, the, the previous game. Right. Um, and if you, th- there's kind of like a, prologue tutorial the first the first cycle of the first three days is kind of like a i don't know pseudo tutorial where um you've been transformed into a different creature you're a deku scrub and you have no items and whatever and the first part is just trying to get back the ocarina of time and once you get it back you gain the ability to rewind time so you go back to the beginning of the first day and then you get a whole, you get another three days to try to, whatever, progress in the game. But when you reset time, like all of your items, like your rupees, your bombs, your arrows, those are all lost, but you retain all of your key items, right? So mm-hmm. your, whatever, your your hook shots, your bow and arrow, whatever, boomerang. whatever the other key. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there isn't a boomerang in this game, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, you retain all your key items, but like everything else is reset, including like any progress you had on side quests, main yeah. quests. Yeah. It's all reset, and you go back mm-hmm. to day one, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. I love this. I love, love, love this. Um, yeah. th- this premise that uh, super you, cool. you can you can keep rewinding time. It's basically like playing a video game of Groundhog Day. Yeah, it's Groundhog Day. That was the other working title. It was Legend of Zelda Groundhog Day. <laughs> Groundhog Day down the rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Um, because, like, even the NPC... Okay, so, like, the NPCs in Ocarina of Time and any other Zelda game just kind of either stood in one place and did the same thing, whatever. Uh, Ocarina of Time did have a day-night cycle, so, like, during the night, sometimes NPCs would, you know, go to bed or whatever. But that was it. In Majora's Mask, they have slightly more complicated routines. Um, some of the characters will like move around from day to day, and they'll like do a whole routine. Like they'll go to the whatever, they'll go talk to somebody, and then go to the bar, and then go to their house, and then go to the store, whatever. But they do that same routine consistently day after day after day. Right? It's just like Groundhog Day, mm-hmm. um, and. A lot of the side quests are um, like tangled in with the three-day cycle. So uh, the game actually gives you, they call it the Bomber's Notebook. Um, uh, you get this notebook that keeps track of um, a bunch of different side quests. So you can like um, keep track of where any given NPC is. Because there's a, there's a fair amount of side quests. So you can keep track of where any NPC is uh, during a- any given point in the day. And you know um, certain events will always occur in a certain order. But kind of like Groundhog Day, um, where like Bill Murray could, he was like the catalyst, right? He could change small things and like certain things would happen just a little bit differently if, if he interfered in just the right way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Link is similarly the catalyst in Majora's Mask. So he can change the outcome of certain events or whatever. But as soon as you rewind time, it all goes back and, and plays out the exact same way. Um, yeah, God, I just, I love 
the I wish more I I can't believe more games haven't like copied this like the whole rewinding time and it happens the exact I mean Prince of Persia has the rewind time thing but they use it completely differently you know like nothing else is like this yeah no one's no one's like rewinding time or something like that like literally yeah, yeah. Like that, you know? no no nobody else has copied this and I think this is a really um interesting and smart take on the Zelda formula because the the, the formula of Zelda has always been your your progress is yeah. well your progress is always measured by your key items right oh, your, yeah, your, yeah. your ability to progress in the game like there's these lock and key puzzles and yeah. the and locks hearts. I mean, hearts too. Uh, the hearts kind of but you can beat the game with without yeah. ever picking well, yeah. up a heart container or a heart piece yeah, um uh, but i mean your, your your progress is is measured by your key items in that like you cannot whatever enter the forest temple without the bow you cannot yeah. complete the water temple without the hookshot whatever Th- that's what i mean your, your progress is always measured by key items so like what a smart way to say okay in majora's mask when you rewind time the only thing you you retain you're, you're not going to retain your progress you're not going to retain all your um like consumable items the only thing you retain is the key items which are your only measure of progress like i don't know that would i was uh impressed yeah, yeah. uh that's that's a really smart way to do the zelda formula now we haven't really talked about about like why it's called the majora's mask oh no yeah that's true so um i would say those are some of those key items we talked about i guess yeah definitely um so it, it the the masks okay this this game has a whole thing with masks going on yeah. you, you 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 collect masks uh, which kind of fits in really well with the the whatever creepy, yeah. Because yeah, um, I mean, masks, masks in general have always just been creepy to me. Like, I don't, yeah, as soon yeah. as you hide somebody's face, it's yeah. it, it, it it's weird when you can't tell what's going on behind the mask, right? And right, right, right. and this game is all about masks. So there are three masks that are like m- like magical transforming masks. When Link puts them on, he can change his form he can become a Deku scrub he can become a goron and he can become a zora mm-hmm. but there's also um uh 20 something other masks not just the transforming masks but there's other masks that um abilities or yeah they they range in usefulness mm-hmm. um s- some are like very useful like the rabbit's hood can speed up um link's run speed the uh, great fairy mask can help Link find some of the like hidden uh, hidden items in the dungeon, uh, and then there's I don't know kind of I don't know more contrived masks like for instance the giant's mask can only be used in uh, one boss room against one specific boss, and it's how you beat one specific boss in the game. So I mean yeah. um, some of them are just kind of contrived to fit the gameplay exactly as the designers wanted and some have more like multi-purpose more um whatever more all-around usefulness uh but yeah throughout the game you're collecting all these different masks but uh the one mask you can't collect is majora's mask it is the uh i think the the opening cutscene establishes that it's this all-powerful dark um uh, super evil mask that the, the one mask to rule them all. Yeah, the one mask to rule them all. Once, once, once the uh, owner or once the possessor of the mask puts it on, you're possessed by this dark spirit or whatever. And that's what happens to Skull Kid from Ocarina of Time. He puts on Majora's mask, and then um, 
he's possessed by this evil spirit and then the evil spirit is trying to destroy the world by dragging the moon down into the earth but yeah even even the just like uh, majora's mask is is fantastical in a way that ocarina of time is not like i know it's a, a big fantasy universe right but there's like all of these like reality bending weird things like just the the whole premise of like there's this evil mask that is dragging the moon into the earth like that is something that would not have fit in the universe established in ocarina of time right like like there's all these fantastical like so i'm thinking of like the final dungeon of the game you you like flip the earth upside down and up and down up is like there's all these crazy and it never feels out of left field. It's like, oh yeah, this is a crazy Alice in Wonderland universe. Like yeah, anything yeah. flies here. Like, um, yeah. like I mean, there's some weird stuff in like, ooh, like we made a corridor twisty in the Forest Temple in Ocarina of Time. Like, oh, like you're fighting this dark shadow of yourself in the Water Temple. But like, this is like crazy, crazy. Like, um, it went all out. Yeah, there's, there's, um, I don't know. It, it just feels. It's trippy and fantastical, and in yeah. a, in a way that I really like, and yeah. in a way that uh, in a way, in a way is, Alice in Wonderland is, you know. Yeah, it's not consistent with any other Zelda game, but it 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 doesn't need to be. Like it, it's it's just perfectly its own thing. It's it's yeah. very good. It's Zelda on drugs. Definitely, absolutely, one hundred percent psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. Legend of Zelda psychedelic experience. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember. Okay. Oh, well, 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 before I say that, let's talk about the creep factor a little bit. Um, we had our, yeah, very creepy. Our, our Halloween special last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this would probably be an honorable mention in terms of creep factor. Like, I mean, can I say one of the creepiest things about this game is the, uh, I feel like they took advantage of their character models mm-hmm. and like, in particular, the one that haunts me the most is the uh, the song Happy of Storm. Happy Mask Salesman. Oh, okay. Oh, oh no, I th- Guru, I think Guru. Was, yeah, yeah. Well, both both of those characters. Oh, bo- kind of... Both of them have this demented, insane yeah. expression on their faces yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Do you think that they left that in like kind of on purpose? Like they kind of used that to their advantage. Like it's kind of part of it, you know? Definitely. Yeah, so definitely. Creepy. Yeah, there's all this weird, um, like. Like one of the more powerful moments in the game is um, near the end. You uh, in in the area called Icana Canyon, which is just kind of everything's dead there. There's all these just skeletons that are roaming around and re-deads, which are basically the Zelda version of zombies, and it's mm. just this like death area. And you enter a house, and there's like a little girl who's like freaking out because her dad is turning into a zombie. And it's like this, like legitimately horrifying thing, because the dad like attacks you, and you're like, oh, like yeah, that's pretty sad. It's like this, like half human, half zombie thing, and you're like, oh my god, what is happening? Yeah. Uh, and this like little girl is like freaking out because her dad's a zombie. Like, whoa, like what, like yeah, what pretty, game is this? That's pretty mature, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so one thing I wanted to say was Ocarina of Time. Um, has a special place in my heart, uh, and particularly, I think we've talked about in the in the past episode about the the soundtrack being so yep. important to me and so memorable. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Uh, I gotta say, Majora's Mask, I don't really recall much of a, like, in, impact from, like, the music and stuff. Fuck you. The soundtrack to Majora's Mask is fucking awesome. Right, Are you shitting like, tell, me? Like, hold Are on, you is, shitting me, Clock Town? The Deku Palace. Bum, 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 I'm a thousand percent sure it's in the castle. You're a area when thousand you percent wrong. <laughs> or it's in like a, a store when you walk in or something. Okay. Good luck finding it. Hold on. Where, where is this? Where is it in Majora's Mask? What part of Majora's in Majora's Mask? Clock Town, the main Clock Town the main theme Clock Town plays theme? whenever you're in Clock Town. There's three okay. different versions. The Hold first. On. Let me, I'm going to look this up. Clock Town theme in Ocarina of Time is not there. Hold on. Well, there's a guy playing the Clock Town theme on an ocarina. Oh, there you go. Huh. All right, here we go. Is the Clock Town music in any other Zelda game? Like, one of the Zelda's... Uh, hmm. Do you think that there was another version of Ocarina of Time that might have thrown it in there? No. I don't know what you're thinking of, but it's not the Clock Town theme. Oh. Someone says if you, if you play the Castle Town theme in Ocarina of Time at the same time... Like, if you combine it with the Clock Town theme, they're both on the C scale, and one starts on G, and the other one ends in C, so they work together perfectly. Okay, that's, that's I guess there's that. That's, wow. yeah. And maybe that's why, like, because it just works together. So Because that, that's exactly what I was thinking of, was Castle Town, when he's walking mm-hmm. around the like, yep. castle area. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Huh. So, that plays on the parallel factor, you know? Yeah, it does. And on that note, the the soundtrack is amazing. I don't know why you couldn't, uh, why why you thought the soundtrack was phoned in. I mean, well, apparently, I thought this really song, the song I was pretty familiar with, was part of Ocarina, not Majora's Mask. So that might be part of it. Is like they just run together in my head, maybe too much. Oh, there you go. I guess. Um, but no, the soundtrack. I am gonna go on record. But okay. the soundtrack of Majora's Mask Uh-oh. is better than the soundtrack Ooh. to Ocarina of Time. Wow. Um, okay. Which is a little bit of a cheat because uh, Majora's Mask recycles some of the greatest hits of Ocarina of Time. But also it's got the tracks that I brought up before, which are very good. So you're saying, uh, so you're saying it, it, it does borrow a lot from Ocarina of Time, but also includes its own unique hits. Yeah then that's what makes it your favorite. So so my point still rings true that there is a lot of Ocarina recycled stuff in Majora's Mask, though, and that's why I don't really remember. There is, that. but not Clock Town. Well, I know, but I'm just saying in general, I feel like there wasn't enough unique stuff to, to give it its own thing to me. I are you was... shitting me? There are so many unique songs in Majora's Mask. The fucking remix of the Zelda theme in the in the in the Hyrule or in the Terminal Field. There's the um, the amazing uh, 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 Astral Observatory. The da 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 da. Like oh, so good. I like that observatory. None of that stood out for you. Are you really? The oh god. No. The pirates' fortress and the uh, Icona Canyon stuff. I, I love the stone, that. the Stone Temple Tower. The oh god, it's so good. 
Okay. You know, I'm gonna have to give the soundtrack another listen. I guess and see you're gonna have to if it if it stirs if it stirs something in me. I, I don't. I I love that. Um, the, to bring up Clock Town again, the uh the Clock Town theme is subtly different. Um, each each of the three days. So like, yeah. On on the first day, it's whatever kind of the normal version of the theme right. on the second day um it rains if you stay in clock town it'll rain the whole day on the second day mm-hmm. and the theme is kind of this lazier just kind of more i don't want to say relaxed but Sluggish. it's it's yeah it's a little more i don't know relaxed it's a more re- i guess it is it's a more relaxed version i know i know it's relaxed it's a more relaxed version it's you know it's a lazy rainy day Okay. And then the third day, the moon is coming down. There's like tremors happening all around the town. Whatever, hectic. The yes, it's it's yeah. sped up. Like it's it's yeah. almost twice its speed, nope, and it's just time. going like frantically fast. Uh, yeah. I, I love the um, yeah. the subtle remixes of of the theme there for each day. Very good. Um, I don't know anything else for Majora's Mask. Uh. I don't know. Um, if, if, if you haven't played it, go play it. It's, it's good. It's really it's good. good. It's a good game. <laughs> Solid 9 out of 10 for me. A 9 out of 10? What's the last one? Um, all right, 10 out of 10 then. There you go. 10 out of 10. Nailed it. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you want to move on to our top five favorite yeah. Nintendo 64 games. All right. Sure. Um, this should be fun. Um, all right. Top five Nintendo 64 games. Uh, my number five is a game that a lot of people might not have played, but really? it introduced me. I mean, I, I guess I'd have to look at the, the, the details to see like the critical response, I guess, on it. Um, but, uh, it introduced me to this series of games by Tom Clancy. And since oh. then, I mean, for example, right now, the latest Tom Clancy's version of this game, uh, I play a lot. I have like 700 hours in this game mm-hmm. in the, the current version on the PC. Mm-hmm. So, so Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six for Nintendo 64. Wow. Uh, that game introduced me to the world of Rainbow Six, which there's been many Rainbow Sixes since then. Um, the premise is uh, basically a, an elite sort of SWAT team, sort of special forces force, I guess, uh, that, you know, take take out counter-terrorist groups. Um, I remember two things about this game. Uh, well, three things. Number one, the cartridge was black. Yep. Which was unique. Because uh, every Nintendo 64 cartridge to that point, except for Zelda, was all, like, gray. Zelda mm-hmm. came in, like, the gold variant, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh, so that looked super cool. I was like, oh, a black cartridge, and I loved wearing black, and I was into punk rock, so, you know, I was like, this is awesome. Um, and then, uh, number two, there was, it was a shooting game with no gun visible to you while you played the game. It was just a, a crosshair, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you just moved it around the screen and and, and, and shot at people. <laughs> it was really weird. Uh, but, I mean, it made sound effects and everything like you were shooting a gun, but it was just almost very primitive um and i forgot what the third thing was it was in the top of my head it was uh, a cartridge there's no guns um 
and Tom Clancy made it all by himself. <laughs> well, here, here's let me let me help you out a little bit. I had never I've 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 never uh, heard of or played this game before. I was not even aware <laughs> that there was a Rainbow Six on N64. I had to look what? this up. It's so good. Um, this is actually a port of a PC game. This is a port oh. of the Rainbow Six for PC. It's the same one. It was also ported to PlayStation and Mac OS. That's crazy. This is like, that's crazy because games didn't get ported um, across PC, PlayStation, N64 in this era. Like, because you had to basically redesign it for whatever platform it was going right. to. So I, I, I was not aware. I, I, I think that's something that's um, uh, unique about this game is that it's, ported to a bunch of different platforms and that just reminded me of what my number three things that i I remember was Uh the cartridge was Uh heavy oh it was a freaking heavy cartridge dude i Uh don't know how much it weighed but you know Uh everything was so um back then with cartridges and stuff with the n64 like Mm -hmm. i don't know i just felt i'm i'm assuming the heavier cartridge was like the more stuff was in there yeah, for the heavier the better, man. You want yeah. a real heavy cartridge, dude. That cartridge was yeah. heavy. Oh man, you get again. that. You put it in your big pan- heavy cartridge pockets, going. Your pants yeah. are falling down. It was yeah, insane. that's a heavy cartridge. So that's probably because you know it was originally not designed for Nintendo sixty four. <laughs> so Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. It's a heavy, heavy game. It's, it's a very heavy game. Shooting game. There was lots of cool, like. <laughs> You know, you had to be smart. You had to sneak around. It was night vision. It introduced me to the tactical shooter. You got you to understand. You got to understand. Until this point, my the the most of my shoot first person shooting experience was with kind of like the GoldenEye series, you know, and yep. stuff like that. So this game introduced me to the fact that oh, like they make games that are somewhat you know they they go for like a, a simulated realism, a, a, a tactical strategy. So it's not just run and gun, you know. I sucked at this game for a long time because I was just trying to, like, run around and shoot people. And no, you had to be smart. You had to uh, send decoys or, like, distract enemies and send teammates to flank, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, really good tactical shooter for Nintendo 64. Um, My number five game is uh, a rare game uh, called Diddy Kong Racing. Um, So... Uh, fun fact about this game: It was actually um, like animal cart racer or something, and like the main character was going to be Timber the Tiger. Um, but um, uh, at the last second, Shigeru Miyamoto saw it and was like, "Hey, that, that that's not going to sell. Uh, mm-hmm. Just slap slap a Nintendo IP on there. Uh, we'll slap a uh, Diddy Kong on there. That'll make ah, it sell." Okay. So they licensed the character of Diddy Kong uh, and then slapped it on there. And, uh, well, I guess Shigeru Miyamoto knew something because this game was a pretty good hit. Also, fun fact, this is the first um, appearance of uh, Banjo the Bear and Conquer the Squirrel, who oh. obviously went on in Banjo-Kazooie and then yeah. um, Conquer's Bad Fur Day uh, yeah. to be uh, more well-known rare characters. And Banjo-Kazooie was a great game. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, this this is I put this on my list instead of Mario Kart 64. Now I do love me some Mario Kart 64, but I gotta give the edge to Diddy Kong Racing uh, just because of the dearth of single player content. Oh my yeah. god! Um, like Mario Kart 64, eh, you can you know whatever race against the CPUs, I guess if you want to play by yourself. But I mean that's a game designed to be played with your friends. Yeah. Uh, this game had like a whole like there was this 
uh, like it was awesome. free free roaming open world, world map yeah, that you could yeah. explore, and then there was like all these different vehicles. You you could yeah. you get a car, a car, a hovercraft, an airplane, and then yeah. once you got in the airplane, you're like, well, I'm never not doing anything other than the airplane ever, yep. Yep. <laughs> because That's true. like we. <laughs> Weirdly, in multiplayer, you could choose your vehicle, choose the boat, the car, or the plane. Yeah, just definitely always choose the plane. Always Plane's the plane. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why yeah. you would choose anything else. No. I certainly don't know why you would choose the boat. The boat's really hard to control. And the plane um, was, was actually, like, fun to fly. Like, it wasn't the different controls. I don't remember being mm-hmm. that terrible, you know? No, no, no. No, the hovercraft was. The plane was easy to yeah, relatively easy to fly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's this big adventure mode that had all of these... Um, a, b- a big world to explore mm-hmm. and all these activities you could do and there was like little you like could secret even... secret like uh things you had to go find like oh yeah like... you yeah. you had to there was like all these challenges like hidden yeah. in each map there was a key you could find you could oh, do all these challenges where you're trying to get first place and collect all these collectibles that are on the track at the same time yeah um yeah and uh you could also play like the adventure mode with uh two player with a friend um it's got a pretty decent battle mode maybe not quite as good as mario kart 64's battle mode but the battle mode was decent uh i mean it it's just uh i i I think it's just a little bit better of a overall racing game a a, a better total package than mario kart 64 so that is why it's better i that's why it's on my list yeah yeah i I don't i don't uh, disagree with you yeah um so that was your number five right five yeah uh my number four um i think i've mentioned on our podcast before as a strategy game that is a sequel to a super nintendo game and it's called ogre battle 64 ah i figured this would be your number one oh no no um uh, i did play a lot of it but i mean it's just like one of those things where um i never i always had a difficult time with like tactic style games um Mm -hmm. So as much as I liked the setting, I was a big fan of the combat, I was a big fan of the music, I just mm-hmm. could never beat these games. I don't know, if I was, when I was younger, I was just terrible at strategy or something, I, I don't know. So, um, so you know, it, I definitely had spent countless hours playing this game and learning about Magnus and his squad of people and the story was interesting. But um, I think if I went back and played it now, every, every Nintendo 64 game, it would probably be the one that I would enjoy a, a playthrough the most maybe i but, bet i bet that game is still i bet that game's still really fun to play yeah yeah but um but at the time you know it was just something i, I think I, I didn't play it as much as some of the other games so mm-hmm. um so as far as memory serves me i'm gonna rate it at number four nice um my number four is a licensed game uh it is a star wars game made by lucas arts Remember when LucasArts made video games? God, I do. They were good at yeah, making video times. games. <laughs> now they don't make video games anymore, and it's sad. Um, <laughs> Shadows of the Empire is... Um, it's yeah, actually... We talked a, about that before, too. Have we? Did we talk about Shadows yeah, of the Empire? During our, during our, Star Wars, our, our second episode, was it Star Wars? Galaxy? Oh, yeah! Well, let's talk about it again real it quick. It was on my list, actually. For, oh! For oh. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this might not have made my top Star Wars games list, but it'll definitely make my top N64 games list. Um, mm-hmm. Shadows of the Empire is this... Uh, it's actually a... a, a whatever. A, they're not canon anymore, but they used to be this... Uh, sh- short novels about what happened between uh, the, the events of 
um, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, it, it kind of tells you how we got from the end of Empire to the beginning of Jedi. Um, but it follows a character named Dash Rendar, who is 100% just a knockoff Han Solo. A <laughs> yes. thousand percent just a poor man's Han Solo. Uh, <laughs> this isn't Han Solo. This is Bon Dolo. Oh, yeah, Dash Rendar. Actually, yeah, da- as far as Star Wars names go, Dash Rendar. Very good Star Wars name. Sure. Um, yeah, so um, you're playing as uh, Dash Rendar, and uh, you you start out, and you're in the events of the Battle of Hoth, and you you know you do the whole um, uh, Walker takedown with the snow speeders, where you fly around and tie their legs up like you have in a million other yeah. Star Wars games. But then the surprising thing is, then it becomes a well, depending on where your camera is positioned, and either a first person or a third person shooter. Oh, third person all the way. Oh, really? I always played this game first person, except oh, really? during the platforming stuff. Yep, always played first person. Yeah, and um, it feels like this game was a little bit informed by uh, Dark Forces, which yeah. did make my favorite Star Wars games list. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are some elements that uh, were probably done better in Dark Forces. Like, some of the platforming stuff... Um, it, was, it was terrible. T- doesn't quite work so well in shadows of the empire like no, um the physics specific- or just are off yeah and specifically i'm thinking of the um i think it's the gal spaceport level where it's like all these canyons and you it's mm-hmm. the first level where you get a jetpack yep that's the exact thing that comes to my mind when you when you talk about platforming yeah and you get this jetpack um and you're supposed to like jetpack from like spire to spire in this canyon but um <laughs> the two problems with this is like it's very tedious to look up and down because you have to like it's just difficult because the n64 only had one joystick right. so you had to like stop your forward momentum and press a modded like a, a a button toggle to look up and down to figure out where the next spire was so that was annoying and also the draw distance was really low in this game. So like there's this like weird fog that makes the platforming hard. Anyway, um, it's, it's still a good game though, <laughs> uh, as evidenced by it being on my list. Um, some stuff does not work. Like I just mentioned the platforming stuff and there's uh, like some vehicle sections specifically where you race the, there's like a swoop bike race through Tatooine that is just god awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But when this game is not trying to be a platformer and not trying to be a, a whatever weird vehicle racer, um, this is where the game like really shines because mm-hmm. it's a lot of the really smart level design that's on display in the Dark Forces games. Um, like really good level design that like really requires you to understand how the levels are laid out in order to progress. Uh, like really good enemy placement, really good... Um, yeah, the levels are very well designed overall, I would say. And that's probably one of the strengths of Shadows of the Empire, a good nice. Nintendo 64 game. A great choice, great choice. Um, and while we're on the topic of um, the Nintendo 64 controller, uh, yeah. boy, that thing did not age well. No, that thing sucks. Well, it, yeah. it sucked It sucked at the time. Yeah, uh, I, so I didn't know levels. how to... Yeah, no, that thing was terrible. I didn't. I never knew how to hold that thing because oh, there's like yeah, yeah, three yeah. places there's like three little 
goobs where you can grab a <laughs> goobs. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. There's like three goobs. And like I, I realized over time that like I was not doing what most other people were doing. What, what were you doing? Because I would take the outermost goobs oh, and no. grab those and then like reach my thumb all the way across the <laughs> controller oh, to tickle right. the joystick. But what most what most people do is left hand on the center goob, center goob to tickle yeah. the yeah. Yeah. And then right hand on the outer, and then nobody ever touches the leftmost goob. Like, no, don't ever touch you, that one. You rarely need that, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was uh, I was an outer goob, but like, wow. good thing I have like giant monster ogre hands because <laughs> that was the only way I was as able a, to reach across the controller. I mean, to... As a young kid, you had the monster hands too. Uh, I was in my teens by the time the N sixty four rolled around. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, see, like, yeah, because I didn't really tickle the joystick. You know, right. being on the center goob, right. that joystick was digging into your thumb, like, a, right? Yeah, those joysticks hardiest. sucked. Oh my god, dude, they're so the, uncomfortable. Just the edges would always cut through the uh, silicone yes, wrapping. Yes, on it, yes, yes. You always like get the, the plastic would poke through and slice oh, your yeah. hand. You get thumb blisters yeah. from from yeah. spinning the because every game was like spin the joystick and. Yeah. It wasn't really. It didn't lend itself to spinning the joystick because it was like no. an um, octa- octagonal shaped yeah. thing that had hard corners. Yeah. So like, oh, oh god. The original yeah. Mario Party was a, a terrible transgressor of spin the joystick, and <laughs> yeah, that's how yeah. that, that led to a lot of palm blisters and sliced hands. What, that that sep- that sort of separated, divided yeah. the the boys from the men in current terms of gaming, like. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you toughed through the Nintendo sixty four controller, yeah, you became a true gamer. You know, at the no, end. that controller sucks, sucks. Yeah, okay. Well, but that's mention, we're getting way off the rails. But sorry. that's yeah, that's I mean, why I don't understand the N sixty four classic. Like, are you f- fucking serious? Really, you want to <laughs> you want to play with that stupid fucking controller again? Like people, that thing's I, gonna suck. I think people forgot. I think people legitimately don't remember how bad that, that controller is. Awful. We, like the we, games. We remember because we still play. Like, you know, we'll all get on there and play some Nintendo sixty four Smash or something. And every time you do, you're like, oh, oh god, this game, this controller is terrible. I remember. But a lot of people haven't played for a long time. Every time I go back and play an N sixty four game, it's on an emulator because I refuse oh, yeah. to yeah. use the stupid goddamn controller. Yeah. That controller is awful. And, and like inevitably after like, oh, the yeah. C buttons are terrible and, and inevitably yeah. after a few years of use, your joystick gets like really loose and yeah. like Always. just kind of like flops around. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. There's like this weird like powdery residue that's all. Anyway, that controller is oh, yeah. terrible. I forgot about that. That controller is awful. Um, awful. Yeah. So well, yeah. I think, uh, I think a lot of people just don't remember that, you know, and. So yeah, go. I guess. Anyway, got some good games as evidenced by us doing this list, but yeah. a terrible, terrible hardware. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's a that's actually a good point of discussion for my next game. Mm. Uh, my number three is Goldeneye. Ah. Um, which you know, when it comes to the importance of this game, I think in the history of first-person shooters, um, and multiplayer play, like and level design for multiplayer and stuff, I think was huge. But good God, it is so not fun to play anymore. Partly no. because because of that no. the controls, like yeah, the, oh yeah, my yeah. lord, it's impossible to play this game. I don't know how I spent so many hours playing Goldeneye mm-hmm. as a kid. Um, but um, it came around the same time as Goldeneye the movie, uh, yep. with Pierce Brosnan, who's which was an awesome. 
And of course, whoever, whichever James Bond you grow up with, um, is tends to be like your favorite James Bond. I get that, but I'm really, I really believe James uh, Pierce Brosnan is one of, the, one, of the, one of the better James Bonds. Get um, out of here! We're going off the rails again. Okay. Pierce Brosnan is the he's awful. Dude, he's, okay, right, he's, can, we at least, is, can, can we at least agree he's better than Daniel Craig? Uh, yes, I will agree okay. that. I, I, I it, we're, we're so far off the rails. Uh, Daniel Craig is a terrible James Bond who has right. starred in my favorite James Bond movie. I love Skyfall so much. Skyfall's that movie good. is, yeah. so that yeah. is my favorite Bond movie that stars really? my least favorite actor playing Bond. Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yes. Well, I, Pierce Brosnan, I on the other hand, has been in some of the worst movies. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm not saying that the movies were good. Okay. Some of those movies were awful, right. but I think Pierce Brosnan was a really good James Bond. Uh sure. He just fit I the guess. part to me. Like he had the, the right. look, the, the kind of like the, um, just like that smirk, you know, that just kind of did. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. All right. there's, there's a difference between a good James Bond and a good James Bond movie to me. Gotcha, gotcha. All, All right. right, I'll get down with that. I'll get down with that. So, so he's one. At the very least, I'll say he was my favorite personally because you know that's okay. when the movies were coming out as I was a kid. That's fair. So, Actually, so- uh, a fun, another fun aside. This movie did not come out with Goldeneye. The movie this the this game came out like a year after Goldeneye. The movie. Okay, I'm not saying it came out the same month as the movie, but I'm just saying the movie was like relevant at the time. Like, sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, like maybe I saw Goldeneye. I don't think I saw Goldeneye the movie before I actually played this game, but you know, I'm I, just yeah, saying, yeah. a lot of people maybe did and then yeah. got to play the game. And so like the game had a lot of popularity because of that and playing. Okay. Here's the one thing I do. I can say about the game that was really, really good. And I guess probably still is if you can, if you can suffer through the controller was playing through the campaign in the game made you feel like you were in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like it was. You know, it's just there's little like hints and Easter eggs or, you know, nods to to the film uh, yeah. that happened in the in the game and the scripted scenes in the game and everything. So um, and that like just kind of the level design and stuff just really felt like you were there. So for that reason, uh, campaign was awesome. Then you got your co-op split screen play where you had four people playing. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Again, at the time, I think the multiplayer probably didn't age that well just because of controls. But um, yeah. But yeah, Trolls are a bad. Classic, great classic game. Yeah, Golden Eye. Golden Eye. My number three is a game called Golden Eye. Um, <laughs> it's a Nintendo sixty four game that stars Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Um, <laughs> so uh, we obviously share the same number three. So uh, I, I'm not going to rehash what you just said. I, I think a lot of what you said uh, is is true. The controls. Did not oh, age well, but I didn't but everyone the, the soundtrack was really good too. By the way, I forgot to say that. Oh sure, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Grant Kirkhope did some work on that soundtrack along with um. Oh, I don't want to forget his name. I'll look it up while I talk. Um, uh, Grant Kirkhope, Graham Norgate, and Robin Beanland work on worked on the soundtrack, and it is a very good soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's not like uh whatever what Grant Kirkhope is known for, which is the Banjo-Kazooie stuff. It sounds absolutely nothing like that. Um, but um, some fun some fun facts about this game. Um, did you know the, the multiplayer was basically an afterthought? Uh, really? Yeah, they were so... So I said earlier that the game released a year after the movie. Right. That, was a, that was an oops, uh-oh. 
uh, because what they wanted the game to come out alongside the movie, but it right. fell behind schedule and um, over budget, whatever. Uh, it just took longer to make the game than they thought. Um, and uh, originally there, there wasn't even going to be a multiplayer, which is absurd to think that like this you game know, that revolutionized because yeah. it revolutionized uh, co-op or well, not co-op, but whatever, um, multiplayer, uh, multiplayer sh- shooter. shooters. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Revolutionized. Yeah. It was an afterthought The the, the multiplayer wow. was made by like a team of like two dudes just worked on the <laughs> multiplayer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot uh, because like there's a lot that goes into like multiplayer programming. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah, and they were like, ah, I don't know if we can get this in, but I guess we'll try. And like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it worked. Another fun anecdote, and this one's a little more well known. Um, uh, Rare uh, demoed this game for Shigeru Miyamoto, uh-huh. and allegedly, as the story goes, uh, Miyamoto was like appalled by the level of violence in this game, and was like, really? oh man. I don't know, guys. I, I don't know. This is pretty violent. And they were like, well, uh, Mr. Miyamoto, like, what, what would you do? Like, how, 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 sh- how should we make this game a little more, um, whatever, palatable, a little more family friendly? And Miyamoto, bless his heart, as the story goes, said, well, here's what should happen. After every mission, James Bond should go and visit his enemies in the hospital and shake all of their hands. <laughs> and that way... And that way, you show that James Bond is a really nice guy, and wow. none of the none of the people he shot are actually dead. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There you go. Game 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 industry legend Shigeru Miyamoto uh, with his uh, uh, delightfully naive uh, view on what Goldeneye should be. Sure, I Ooh, love it. Delusion, disillusion. I um, love it. Uh, you know, on that topic of kind of like the violence in that game, I always thought it was weird that um, the way they they handled like blood, yeah, on the character models. I remember it yeah. was like you would shoot people, and like yeah. the different polygons that made up their character models would just kind of like become red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'd be a little bit more red. Yeah, it looks <laughs> so it, weird. It, yeah, I don't know how to describe what you're talking about, but I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like it's like almost if the texture over all of the um, over any of the models had like two different Photoshop layers, and then they just did like one was all red, and the other was like the character, and then they just did like a Photoshop blend between the two. Yeah, like it would just be like a little bit red, it's but it like looked in that area. It yeah. looked wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it, looked so wrong. it looked like they had like a sunburn like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know i'd love to see like a um just a complete like a remake or reboot or like remaster. i don't know how which which re but like yeah. just a completely different engine but someone created the same levels and stuff and same guns and sound effects or, and music and just take some of like the next gen level sort of gore and stuff you know Really I'm sure that's been done. Actually, I know that's been done. They uh, there is there was a re-release of GoldenEye. It was just called GoldenEye on um, uh, the previous console generation, and um, for whatever Xbox 360, PS3, and the Wii. I think. That's right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Wii I got U. to play that. I do remember that being released, but I never played it. Yeah, um, I played it for like two seconds. It seemed fine, but uh, it, it it got um, it got panned pretty hard. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which I, I, I think a game that's like just catering to nostalgia that way is, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. guess. Yeah. It's mostly, um, like, you know, just for the 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Nostalgia. You, you play it for a few minutes just to remember the good old times, and you're like, all right, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, good pick for three. Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's yeah. Good, you're, good pick for three yourself. Oh, tip of the hat to you, sir. Um, yep. I wonder I wonder how similar our top three are. Um, oh, boy. My number two is definitely is, not my number two. Okay. Um, and it is a very popular game to this day. Oh. Subsequently been many different versions on different Nintendo consoles, and we are expecting to see the next one on December. Oh. 7th, oh. I guess. <gasps> uh, number two is Super Smash Brothers. Very nice. Um, so, I mean, I think we've hinted at how much we've played Smash. Yeah. Uh, but we're saving our in-depth conversation for, you know, our talk about um, the upcoming Smash Brothers sequel. So mm-hmm. so I won't dwell on it too much, but suffice to say, uh, this game has been a major part of my life in general. The game series in general has mm-hmm. been a major part of, I think, both our lives, I think it's fair to say. Uh, and this is the one that started it all. Um, yeah. And, and I'll tell you this much, uh, playing this game with the Nintendo 64 controller, not that bad. What? Get out of here. This game sucks with a Nintendo... Oh, this game's awesome, but it sucks with a Nintendo 64 controller. I mean, I just feel like when it comes to like games, how they've aged, I just feel like this one is... I don't know. I just feel like it's it it's un, it's it sucks, but it's like it's fairly sucks for everyone. Yeah. Who's playing? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, no, that's a good that's a good number two. Um, Super Smash Brothers did not make my cut, um, mostly because uh, like Super Smash Brothers sixty four, I think is is fantastic and obviously laid the groundwork for the rest of the games in the series. But I think there are whatever uh, various iterations of the uh, game. Uh, there's various iterations of Smash that have done it better since uh, that I prefer to the original. Yeah, but none of those were on Nintendo sixty four. That's true. That's true. And we are talking uh, about the top five Nintendo sixty four games. That's true, but I mean, like, okay. Uh, so what's your number two? In, what is your number in, two then? <laughs> <laughs> what? I just undone myself. I've, I've, I, I, I'm, I'm exposed. I'm ruined. I did not realize the argument I just made works directly against what my number two is. Uh, <laughs> my number two is Mario Party two. Um, and until last month. There was no game in this series that was better than this game. Uh, and I'll argue with you and if you think otherwise. Uh, uh, and um, uh, uh, Super Mario Super Mario Party came out last month, and it's uh, definitely better than Mario Party 2. So, I mean, uh, yeah. So uh, that, that outdoes my, I, my, my argument. Uh, right. I, I mean, this uh, is, yeah. this is, uh, these are the top Nintendo 64 games in isolation, right? So, yeah. Uh, whatever. Knock off, right now. knock off right now. Knock off, knock off Diddy Kong Racing and replace it with Super Smash Brothers. Okay, fine, sure, fine, sure. fine, fine. Sorry, yeah. Diddy Kong Racing, you got cut. Goodbye. <laughs> no, my number two is Mario Party Two. It's um the best Mario Party prior to a month ago. Um, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. So, um, the original Mario Party was good, but not great. Um. It did some really awful things, like uh, we referenced earlier, mini games where you spin the controller and ruin your both your hand and your controller. Um, some of the boards in Mario Party One were not great. Uh, some of the mini games were hit and miss. Um, eh. 
Mario Party 2 is correct all of those things. This is this is a just a vast improvement on Mario Party 1. Uh, the boards are better. The mini games are more interesting. Mostly, there there's some duds in in Mario Party Two, but um, which mini I, game I, I, had the the skateboarding? Uh, that's Mario Party Two. All right, boom. The better Mario Party for sure. Yeah, uh, you talking about was this, the best? Where you're like trying to get away from Boo? Oh wait, uh, skate skateboard scamper. You talking about skateboard scamper? Let me look it up. Hold on, skateboard scamper. All right, well you're looking that up. Um, what I really like about Mario Party 2 were the boards. Um, the boards were, um, uh, styled very well. Like, you had, like, a, um, there was, like, a pirate-themed board, and, like, there was a spooky-themed board, and a, whatever. But the nice thing about Mario Party 2 is, like, the characters would, like, actually change their costumes and dress up to fit the theme of the board, which I really liked. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, Wario wearing a pirate hat just made me happy. Uh, <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it is definitely my favorite Mario Party, um, prior to Super Mario Party on the Switch, which is fucking amazing. But this is just a, a, a great, like, it's an electronic board game. Like, it's just a great multiplayer game when you have your friends over. It's just goofy and fun and ridiculous, and it's, it's just a really good time. I love that it, like, constantly pivots the dynamics of the game, so, like, you have... You have the overall board game, right? And it constantly is showing who's in first, second, third, fourth. But after each round of the board game, you play a mini game where, like, the teams can be different. So you can have, like, a free-for-all mini game. You could have, like, a two-versus-two mini game. You could have, like, a three-versus-one mini game. And, like, maybe in the two-versus-two mini game, you're, like, paired with the guy who's in first place. So, like, maybe it's, like, strategically viable for you to throw the game so that the guy in first doesn't get enough coins to buy a star yeah. on his next turn. Like, yeah. I love the, like, whatever, just ridiculous strategery and uh, bullshit. Yeah, backstabbery and bullshit that's yeah. inherent to all of the Mario Party. Well, almost yeah. all of the Mario Party games, but especially... Mario Party 2, I love all the boards and the theming. The it's, all about, it's all about like balancing that backstabbery. That That is impo- yeah. an important yeah. aspect of the game. That, yeah, uh, Mar- Mario Party 2 has a good mix of yeah. skill, strategy, and luck, which yeah. are the, the three elements of balance. a good Mario Party game. Got, got a good balance of those three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Um, what, uh, so am I? Ah, my number one. Okay, number one. Uh, well... People probably would have guessed it. It's the only one I haven't yep. mentioned. Yep. It is Zelda Ocarina of Time. Not uh, Majora's Mask. Not specifically Majora's Mask. Like, okay, like, I mean, would it be fair to say since they're sequels, I can just kind of put them both at the top? Okay, no, that's not fair. No? Two okay. games. No. If I had to pick, if you were like, gun to yeah. my head, you yeah. can only play one yeah. Nintendo 64 Zelda game, yep. choose. I will choose yeah. Ocarina of Time. Yeah, Ocarina of Time, the one with the uh, inferior soundtrack, huh? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, technically it's basically just missing whatever's in Majora's Mask, so (laughs) I get that. But, uh, you know, it is, some would say, kind of the bigger game. Um, There's a lot more to it, more open world. It's just you can get more um, immersed in that world, you know? Whereas Majora's Mask feels a little bit more like you're just kind of tumbling down the rabbit hole and can feel kind of trippy and i just feel like i wouldn't be able to play that like every day you know hmm. majora's I mask guess. is what i would go to play as a break from playing a of time repetitively you know okay 
It's like it's like that. Or maybe like I would beat Ocarina of Time and then play Majora's Mask because that's mm-hmm. kind of how, how it was designed, right? Mm-hmm. Majora's Mask is kind of like so when you go to see like a play or something, or okay, here's a perfect example: Indian Bollywood films. They um, <laughs> you I can't wait to see how you're gonna equate Indian Bollywood films with Majora's Mask. Indian Bollywood films, man they they give you the whole story, okay? And at uh-huh. the end of every Bollywood film, and this, they do this in Slumdog Millionaire too, if you've ever seen that, the whole cast comes out and does like a music video, and the things go crazy. There's fire breathing, there's dancing, and people are wearing ridiculous outfits. But it's the same characters and actors that you've been watching this whole movie about for two hours that took itself way more seriously. So, so Majora's Mask is kind of like the after credits fun time. After Ocarina of Time was all you actually spent your time at, you know what I'm saying? It's like it's just kind of like the ridiculous sort of after credits dancing going on. It just things got crazy. Like they just kind of, you know, they got done with Ocarina of Time and they were like, let's just make like let's just take the same character models and just kind of have fun with you know a little a little game, a little you know maybe it ends it repeats. Let's do Groundhog Day, you know? Like it, it just seems like it's fun, but and it's a great game on, and it stands on its own merit, but when you put them side by side, Ocarina of Time is is really the game, and then Majora's Mask is like the the spinoff, you know. Um, so yeah, so for that reason, I choose Ocarina of Time. I don't know about that. Okay. <clears throat> I don't know about that logic. Um, my number one is Ocarina of Time. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I mean, as as good as Majora's Mask is, it and is I good. love that Majora's game. Majora's Mask is very, very good, don't get me wrong. I love the game. Very, very much. Uh, Ocarina of Time laid the, the groundwork um, for what Majora's Mask could be. Uh, yeah, God, I, I'd never really played, um, like, an open-world, like, adventure game like Ocarina of Time before. Like, just the, the scope of that game. Like, I mean, it seems relatively small today, but, like, the scope of that game was unimaginably huge the first time i played that as a kid just like the first time you go through hyrule field and you're like oh my god it's so open like you can just Mm -hmm. go wherever and there's like all these like nooks and crannies with uh interesting things to find in them uh i just loved exploring and just being in that world uh was just fun it was just fun to be in that world uh i mean i I would venture so far as to say that that type of game before kind of time didn't exist you know um, yeah in a lot of ways it didn't um that was like a a, a big groundbreaking uh yeah yeah um yeah the uh i don't it's it's hard to poke holes in ocarina of time it is good the dungeons are good the soundtrack is good i was just trolling you with the soundtrack i love the soundtrack to ocarina of time even though it's largely remixed in majora's mask there's still stuff like the um the hyrule field theme and uh, a lot of the various a lot of the various like city themes and dungeon themes are unique to that game and not recycled in any other that are very good i love just like all of the um, like downtime, like like the the fishing hole and like the bowling alley and uh, just like all of these uh, just places that felt just fun to go to and waste time and God, I don't know. 
It's good. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a very good game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give another honorable mention this week um, to Blast Corpse. Oh, wow. Almost made my top five. Blast Corpse. Nice. Blast Corpse was a terrible game that oh. I spent way too much time playing. Like, that yeah. ma- that game makes no goddamn sense. What is That game is so stupid. But it was so addictive. Yeah. You just wanted to destroy things and get there. The money and uh, and it was a terrible game though. But it was but it was good. Blast Corpse. Honorable mention. Blast Corpse. Alright. You got anything to endorse? Uh yeah, I got a couple things. Let me pick something. Um I could endorse these dark chocolate covered almonds. These are <laughs> Tell me about uh, your dark chocolate covered no, no, almonds. No, um, okay. I'm going to endorse uh, something I've been kind of okay. So, so we've hinted at the fact that I've been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption Two, um, ah. and one of the things I did that game came out October 26th, and yep. the night of October 25th, as we were awaiting the arrival and the release at midnight, since I bought it mm-hmm. digitally, of the game. I was online looking up like what can I watch that's like a western or something Ooh, get you, to like get you in the mood. Get me yeah, get me in the mood, you know, like and kill the just kind of help me kill some time as I'm like scratching mm-hmm. my 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 veins waiting to get my addiction hit mm-hmm. of Red Redemption 2. So one of the things that was recommended and I really didn't give it much thought was an HBO show called Deadwood. Oh yeah, I've heard that's uh, good. Yeah, and um, you know, someone said it was good, and I was like, "Well, I'm just kind of more looking for like a classic sort of, you know, um, John Wayne sort of thing." And I found a couple old westerns, and I wasn't really liking it. And then so I was like, "Let me try Deadwood." Let me tell you, Deadwood is exactly what I was looking for, and I just didn't give mm. it a shot at first. That show is so good, um, mm. and it has a lot of. Um, I don't know if it's more of a. I guess you would say like a cult following, like. Because mm-hmm. I think they canceled it kind of early um, in the series, um, and I'm not too sure. I've only I've only gotten into I just got into season two, um, but I, I think it was kind of an unexpected sort of like quick sort of cancel. So so it wasn't critically received very well. But I think a lot of people I talked to online were big fans of the show. So I'm mm-hmm. not sure what happened there. Um, it is very vulgar, uh, and it is very um, gory. And, um, uh, you know, it's adult, it's an HBO show. So they, you know, they show it all, uh, but they do Whoa. a really good, what, uh, they show it all. No, oh, they show it all. Yes. Even um, the belly button. The, um, fun fact. One of my favorite actors in today's day and age is, yeah. uh, is Nick Offerman of, uh, okay. of such favorites as, uh, Ron Bergen. <laughs> yep. Is it nope. uh, Ron Swanson? Ron there Swanson of there Parks and Rec. Um, yeah. Nick Offerman is a scholar and a gentleman. Um, mm. You see his like his peen in this. Gross. Yeah, it's it is gross show at all. It is. In I don't wanna. No, I mean it's crazy. Yeah, like this show goes all out, dude. Um, but they also do a good job of like just kind of the um, the speech and the and the and the. Uh, set design and costume design of really capturing kind of that time um, period. It's kind of like towards the end of the Wild West era as things started becoming mm. more civilized. 
um, but it's kind of a traditional. So it's like a camp just outside of a uh, a gold um, mining area where people are trying to come over there and get rich, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, it's it's got your classic tropes in there for the western, so it fits those needs. But they also have a couple of interesting little plot twists and references to to some of the struggles that we still face in today's age. But back then, they might have just thought it was like you know, um, I don't know, like. Uh, some sort of plague or something instead of uh, your enlarged prostate, you know, uh, you know, this is, that's, I mean, this is, this actually happens. Like, like a guy is so, is obviously struggling with something we clinically know of to, in the today's day and age that every male of 40 years old has to go get checked back then. They're like, Oh, you've been stricken by this, you know, thing. And they, they just, it, it, everything is so, um, uncivilized in a way you know mm, but they do a very mm. good job of of kind of like uh communicating that to the viewer so if you don't you know if you have if you find yourself with some time that you're not playing red dead redemption 2 which if you own red dead redemption 2 i'm not sure how you have anything else to do but uh you can uh, watch a couple episodes of deadwood to uh so to you know get your fix in of the west world nice yeah nice um, I am going to endorse a video game. Um, this game is called Factorio. Uh, F-A-C-T-O-R-I-O. Factorio. Have I played this? Uh, have you played this? I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't so. this, this is a uh, early access game on Steam. Don't let the early access thing scare you or whatever. This is the most polished and feature complete games i it, i i don't know why they haven't just called it 1.0 like this is anyway um it is a game it's sort of like if you made like a game like minecraft but it's not really about like building stuff as much as it is like if you made a game like minecraft but just made it about like like refining all of the ores and refining all the redstones and making the circuits and like doing all of the like like building things to build more things to build better things to build things more faster to build you know like that mm. sort of thing sure it, it's like that like if 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 the if you got like really obsessed and tied up with like the farming in stardew valley like just like planning your farm and making sure everything was working like just so like that's what factorio is it's all it's it's a game where you're you're mining resources and then you are using those resources to produce machines that mine the resources better so you can produce more resources so that you can produce microchips so that you can produce robots that can make the machines for you so that you can produce I mean, uh, some more would, some would call that kind of like progression like it's like yeah it's like one of those unfolding games but like yeah. it just keeps going and go like you can like you start like you know like well, a lot of these games start where you start with like wood and stone and then it mm. goes to iron and then it goes to steel mm. and copper but then it just gets ridiculous like you can build like you can like refine uranium and like make a nuclear power plant and then you're you're creating there's actually like a like there's a whole circuit thing in the game 
where you can like build circuits, but then you can build like robots that have a whole logistical system such that like you can make a blueprint of how you want your factory to look and then just tell the robots to go gather supplies and make more factories to make more stuff. Like it's just, it's a game that's all about like making these big, huge factories and like really like fine tuning, like, okay, like, uh, I'm not making enough microchips here. Like, what's the problem? Oh, it's the, the problems that I don't have enough plastic. Why, why, why am I not, not producing more plastic? Oh, it's because my like oil pipeline was built inefficiently. Let me just yeah. tweak this to make this a little more efficient. And oh, wait, now I got to tweak my steel plant to make that a little more efficient. Like it's, it's, if any of what I'm describing sounds fun to you at all, then you already know whether or not <laughs> You're gonna like Factorio, but it's 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 one of those types of games. But it's like the best, most addicting version of that game. Um, well, it, it, I'm like, looking at the footage now. It kinda, yeah, it reminds me even in art style to like uh-huh. a Sim City sort of a thing. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Yeah, you yeah. It, 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 if if you like Sim City, if you like city planning, yeah. if you like that whole like plan your grid, like plan what you want to build or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally optimally. That's what Factorio yeah. is. Like yeah, 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 yeah. and then like the the end goal of Factorio like the premise of Factorio is that you've like crash landed on this alien planet and you have to survive or whatever. The end goal is to build a rocket ship and leave the planet. Like that's right. how you beat the game. There right. there is an actual like end goal and you have to like assemble like research rocket science and leave the planet. Um mm. It is very good. I've been up way too late uh, almost every night this week playing Factorio. It is yeah. very good. I might check it out. You know, sometimes I get into the mood to play some of these, like, sort of uh, sort of city simulator sort of things, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got into, like, a bit of a, a crazy phase over the summer where I played, like, City Skylines. And oh also, yeah, that's another. How one is that, City? How is City Skylines? It's very good. It's very yeah. very good. I mean, it plays a lot. Like if SimCity was still a thing in today's day and age, like, <laughs> well, that's well, you know, that's why City Skylines exist yeah, is yeah. because um, the SimCity what was it SimCity Five or SimCity whatever was like such a failure. SimCity right. Worlds or I don't know yeah. whatever the most recent one. It's, was, it's, it was it's like SimCity for the people is what it is. You know, it's like yeah, SimCity for people who wish SimCity was good. Yeah, yeah, right, right, and it, it, that's how it plays. It plays for right, like yeah. a really like a good SimCity. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I played a lot of hours of that. Like I got into you know. A phase where I just wanted to play some simulators, sort of. Yeah, things. you can get you can get into these things, man. You can lose time, like like. Well, know, the I, thing that Factorio, it you're always, 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 always working towards a goal because which like is different. Yeah, the, that, that is a unique sort of. At the thing. very beginning of the game, it's like okay, your end goal is build a rocket ship, but like right. along every single step of the way, it tells you the next thing you need to make, and then you're like, okay, I just need to make like plastic now, and then you have to gather the ingredients to do that, and then you make yeah. the plastic, and then you unlock the next thing, and you're like, ooh, now I can make this, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. ugh, yeah. I love how they really captured in the screenshots I'm seeing just that like mid nineties sort of SimCity looking graphics. It's yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of perfect. Nailed it. Yeah. 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 Factorio. Factorio. I might check that one out. All right. <sighs> yeah. Is that so, our, is that our episode? That is our Nintendo 64 episode. The Nintendo 64. It's a system. <laughs> With the bad controller. <laughs> it's a very bad controller with some good games giving young kids blisters yeah. oh god yeah Ugh. for years to come 
All right, so for the Good Games Podcast, my name is James. And I'm Leo. And we will see you next time. Probably we'll see you in the Wild West, maybe, for yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah anyway, goodbye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>